This is Growing the Valley, a podcast by the University of California, Agriculture and Natural Resources. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Melliron, Farm Advisor for Butte, Tehama, and Glen Counties. I'm your other host, Phoebe Gordon, Orchard Farm Advisor for Madera and Merced Counties. Dr. Phoebe Gordon, thank you so much for joining me for this September one minute challenge. I am thrilled to be here, Mr. Malarn. It is currently, actually, it's one of the few cool days that's going to be below 100 degrees here before it gets to the uh, awful heat wave over Labor Day weekend. So I guess this would be a day to be out, but I'm not. So <laughs> exactly. As I'm recording this, there's actually a little bit of overcast, which is so nice. And it's, it's not smoke. So it's, it's one of, it's a magical thing for this time of year, but I'm indoors. (laughs) So I am up first for the September one minute challenge. I'm going to be of course, covering walnuts and prunes, but a couple of things uh, to mention ahead of that. First off, I've mentioned it in earlier episodes, but do save the date for a webinar, Practical Canker Management in Ammon and Prune. That's going to be on Thursday, September 29th from 9 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's going to feature Drs. Florent Trujas and Thamus Michalades, our esteemed UC plant pathologists, discussing the latest best management for Ammon and Prune cankers, respectively. Lots of opportunity for Q&A with these brilliant researchers, you know, figuring out really what is the absolute practical, you know, best management practices for different times a year. And, you know, especially in prunes, cankers are just such a, in both, they're, they're a really big problem, but in, in prunes, you can lose an orchard entirely from cankers alone. So do come and join us. That's going to be Thursday, September 29, 9 to 10.30 a.m. Once registration is live, we will let you know on this podcast, as well as at sacvalleyorchards.com and sjvtnv.com. And then my other note before I get into my one minute, I apologize for taking so much more than one minute in my preamble for my one minute. But of course, mention of pesticide Use does not constitute a pesticide recommendation, merely the sharing of research findings. Always follow the pesticide label. The label is law. So otherwise, I am ready to go when you count me down, Dr. Gordon. I will. I'm pulling out my one minute. Okay, there we go. Three, two, one, go. In walnuts, number one. To prepare for the possibility of another sudden autumn freeze, stop applying nitrogen and withhold irrigation for young trees until a terminal bud is formed. You can resume irrigation after a terminal bud is formed without risking pushing new tender growth. Number two, to use ethophon to advance harvest, target sprays on Chandler for when the holes achieve 100% packing tissue brown, which is historically around mid-September. And number three, Sunburn nuts could lead to more mold infection this year. UC research has shown that a single 
pre-harvest interval, uh, short pre-harvest interval fungicide spray like rime applied during husk split significantly reduced mold. In prunes, my one and only request of you is to please manage post-harvest irrigation to achieve mild to moderate water stress, 12 to 16 bars with the pressure chamber. Cytospor cankers grow fastest in stressed trees. That's it. Right on time. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And now we get to turn from walnuts and prunes to almonds and pistachios. Are you ready, Phoebe? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. So for pistachios, harvest is here. Shake as early as possible to get nuts out of the orchard. If a second shake is needed, consider another navel orange worm spray as long as your pre-harvest interval is amenable. Make sure to harvest mealybug infested orchards last and clean equipment thoroughly afterward. Make sure to scout areas infested with Alternaria, Botchospheria, and mealybug to in, uh, with the intention to treat next year. We do not recommend post-harvest nitrogen in pistachios. For almonds, resume post-harvest irrigation as soon as possible. You don't really need post-harvest nitrogen for almonds either unless your crop is bigger than expected or you do have deficiencies identified in your July leaf tissue analyses. Inspect your nuts for the type of damage to get feedback on your IPM program and order your cover crop seeds if you want to use a cover crop this fall or and winter. That's it. Wow, 49 seconds. So yeah, how do we how do we treat that? Do you do you win because you are so much more under a minute or is the, is the goal to be a minute exactly? Where did we decide? I know we've debated these rules in the past. I feel like it should be a minute exactly, but I've also not won in a while. And so I'm just going to take the win. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that because I feel like if you can make excellent points and finish in under a minute, that's uh, something that us academics are really, really bad at doing. <laughs> it's true. We are verbose <laughs> folks, as <laughs> I have already displayed on the podcast today. So congratulations, Phoebe. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Phoebe, you've been a world traveler this month. You went to an international conference, the Congress on International Horticulture. So was there anything from, from that conference that you were able to take back to your research and extension program here in California? Yeah, so it was, I, I went to go present some results from the almond variety trial, uh, looking at whole rot susceptibility, as well as we have some varieties that just don't harvest well, leave lots of nuts in the tree. I'm going to plan to write an article to go on the website when I have the time. So basically leaves a ton of mummy nuts. That's a, a bad thing when it comes to pest management for an evil orange worm. And so I went to present on the results for that. As for the conference itself, it was not crop specific. It was kind of all horticulture researchers. And so they kind of arranged it thematically. So there are things like abiotic stress, kind of with the thought of how to work around climate change, so there's a lot of research looking at dormancy in that section, irrigation and water, climate change, and that sort of thing. And so it's one thing that I've already used from a grower asking me was whether or not defoliation can be used to try to push trees into dormancy earlier. And so what I learned at the conference is basically no. <laughs> 
I think uh, it's, it's hard to say when trees enter dormancy in warm climates like ours, leaves, even though them falling off is kind of like what we intuitively use to decide if a tree is dormant or not. What actually is happening is that you have these buds that have formed and nothing is going to push them out of dormancy and start growing until they go through a winter. And when that happens is kind of unclear because it's dependent on things that you can do to a small extent. Like we know that irrigating trees really heavily and giving them a ton of nitrogen, especially young trees, towards the end of the season will actually delay their entry into dormancy. And I think that cutting off the irrigation a little bit early can also push things into dormancy a little early too. And so um, what I learned was that if you defoliate trees before they fully enter dormancy, that's actually has negative impacts on the tree. You know, you're, you're losing out on carbohydrates being stored and presumably, you know, there's a lot of biochemical things that I couldn't tell you about that happen in trees, you know, to kind of get them through dormancy. And so you've interrupted that process. But after trees have actually reached dormancy, nothing, there's no benefit, there's no negative. It's just, you've knocked the leaves off of the tree. So talking something like a, a heavy zinc application, it can defoliate trees. And so that just doesn't seem to really have any benefit and it can have quite a bit of detriment. And so it's best to just not try to defoliate your tree unless, actually, I can't think of a reason to do so. Maybe if you have a really bad rust infestation. I think some other things that I heard is a little bit more food for thought. You know, there's uh, quite a bit of talk on climate change. I also listened to some talks on like tree architecture and that sort of thing and plant nutrition as well. I heard a cool talk about organic nitrogen. Plants can take up small forms of organic nitrogen, like amino acids and that sort of thing. And so I was planning on reaching out to that researcher and seeing if I could bring her onto the podcast. Yeah, but the rest is just kind of food for thought and, you know, thinking about the future of my research as well as, you know, what kind of things to think about with a warming climate, less water, and probably less winter chill. Got it. Very good. Very good. Yeah, you shared some some great research that we've been doing in California with our Ammon variety trials and, you know, some of the things that you... Uh, would evaluate about a variety that that aren't yield, but you know definitely these IPM considerations with whole rot or how well the tree harvests, how well those nuts come off the tree, or are they going to turn into a mummy uh, mm-hmm. in those navel orange row implications? So it sounds like not only uh, did you learn a lot from the other folks there, but you definitely brought a lot to the table as well. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, glad to go and. I always look forward to conferences. They're a great learning opportunity and a great networking opportunity. Indeed. Well, have you gone on any farm calls? Yeah, in terms of farm calls, I did go on one where the trees, uh, these are almond trees near rice, and they there was sporadic collapsing trees, or at least uh, they had severe severe leaf symptoms uh, sporadically on, you know, scattered trees throughout each orchard. And with these almonds near rice, it was pretty clear that these symptoms on the leaves showed the kind of marginal burning, you know, kind of and and boating what we would call yellow curled leaf, you know, which we've been talking about on the podcast, basically every month because of the, the problems with independence on Crimson 86 or 
maybe uh, Monterey on Crimson 86 in a wet spring, things like that. And it, it looked much like that, even though this was non-Perel on, on Krimsk. But that really seemed to happen. And it really went back to the same farmer farms, the rice on the other side of the street and the almonds. And he felt like he was getting behind on the almonds earlier this summer. And so he put on a 72 hour irrigation. And then shortly after that, he flooded up the rice permanently for the first time for the summer. And it's pretty clear that those two volumes of water from the top and from the bottom merged. And so you got into some seriously overwatered trees. And he's already a big user of the pressure chamber and has found that even though the trees did get into some severe stress eventually, he could hold off on irrigation uh, for two, three weeks, you know, without the trees getting super, super water stress because there was so much water down in the profile. So he's going to have to invest in soil moisture going forward. Finally, an answer where I will admit that the pressure chamber alone won't solve all of your irrigation problems, but this is definitely a situation where you need to see where the moisture is. So, so soil moisture in addition to the pressure chamber, and then maybe switching to, you know, trialing some, some drip irrigation or just being really careful with his sprinklers and running uh, slightly shorter sets, you know, maybe nothing over 24 hours. Um, so yeah, really, that was a fascinating call, especially as more and more with our almonds and our walnuts, we're growing on kind of marginal ground where we never thought that you would be able to successfully do this in the past. And so folks are, are pushing the limits whether it's on the west side or in this case on the on the east side, but you know, on former rice ground. So yeah. Interesting. It must have been hard for you to admit that it was okay to use a soil moisture sensor. Oh my goodness. It was pulling teeth. It was pulling teeth. But uh, you know, I've been saying, you know, or just really been I've been hearing from UC researchers ever since I started studying agriculture was that you really want at least two methods for irrigation management. And I think this was a beautiful illustration of how important it is to that soil moisture together with the pressure chamber is a really good one-two combination. Yeah, I agree. You want to have at least two forms of irrigation management tools, preferably three though. Yep. Yeah, indeed. Preferably three. Otherwise, you know, getting into harvesting the research trials, Clarissa and Kurt Pierce and our new IPM advisor, Sudan Gwali, among others, worked, worked with me to harvest the almond variety trial, our, our non-Perel harvest, in, as well as the delay of irrigation trial we have in the back of that field this last Friday. So yeah, it's been interesting. I wonder what you're thinking and seeing down there, but it seems to me that, you know, a few weeks ago, we were expecting that harvests were going to all run on the early side this year. And it seemed to me that if anything, harvests are a bit on the late side this year, and that potentially some of that is due to really high heat, but maybe I'm, this is wild speculation and uh, and I don't know what I'm talking about. What are you seeing? 
So for farm calls, I haven't really done a whole lot this month because I was at a conference, took vacation the week before, and then when I got back, got COVID. <laughs> so I've been helping folks diagnose stuff online where I through email when I can. There are a couple of things that are just going to have to be farm calls in September. I would agree with almond harvest. Everything for me has been basically the same at the same time as last year. I typically, uh, my, my cooperator likes to harvest their nuts really, really on the dry end. And so just today got our non-parel shaken and probably do a pickup next week. Pistachios, I think have been a little early. I have been collecting fruit samples for a, a pistachio fruit quality project. And I know that I was expecting Golden Hills to go at the end of August. It seems like folks have been shaking a week before I was prepared. And so I, we got all the fields okay, but it was definitely kind of a scramble to get everything out. And we'll see how Kerman goes, but that's still a couple of weeks out. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad that you've had mild COVID symptoms and you've been uh, super productive despite being cooped up. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, the harvest season to continue rolling on and been really thankful that so far, at least we haven't had smoke. So it may be hot, but it hasn't been smoky. Um, And that's been really nice for drying those almonds once they're shaken. Because with the with the smoke, it was really rough. Just high relative humidity, the almonds just wouldn't dry on the ground. And yet, with our sprinklers up here, we couldn't irrigate. So it was a bad, bad situation these last couple of years. So thankful yeah. for the for the lack of smoke so far. Yeah, we'll see. This is a pretty wild heat wave we have coming up, and so hopefully, I think there's a fear that there could be fires that start then. So fingers crossed that it doesn't. Fingers crossed indeed. All right. Well, congratulations on winning the September one minute challenge, Dr. Phoebe Gordon, and we will reconvene for those key October tasks, a big month, of course, in, in walnut production, walnut harvest. So we will see you back here then. Happy researching and happy farming. Thanks folks. Thanks for listening to Growing the Valley, a UCANR podcast. You can find out more about this episode at our website, growingthevalleypodcast.com. We'd like to thank the Almond, Pistachio, Walnut, and Prune boards for their support. We'd also like to thank my sister, Muriel Gordon, for writing and recording the theme music.